Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's a question many are asking, especially the day after Mayor Adams announced single adult migrants will have to leave city shelters after 60 days. Fox News' Christine Russo is reporting on the crisis and joins us live from the Port Authority bus terminal where, Christine, another bus full of migrants has arrived tonight. Natasha, the city has been welcoming roughly a thousand people per month since last year. And then just tonight, like you said, two more buses just got here about an hour ago from the southern border from Brownsville, Texas. Now they're going to be taken to the intake center at Roosevelt Hotel. But we've spoken to other asylum seekers and migrants who say some of the conditions inside some of the shelters across the city are actually so bad that they feel safer living on the street. Stop the tape. These illegal immigrants, these invaders, and that's what they are, and I'll get into that in just a minute. These illegals, these people who have violated our sovereignty, who have entered our home, our casa, without our permission, don't like their accommodations. They're so slummy compared to their refugee left country behind that, that they're going to sleep on the streets of New York. Well, that's got to be pretty bad, I'll tell you. But <laughs> it's New York. Um, and, and that's something I want to get into. Because this report is out of New York, a very good-looking young anchor, by the way. Um, I never got to work with anybody that good-looking. No offense to my ladies that I worked with. And I, I worked with a couple of great ladies. But um, she's a knockout. Um, but she's stupid. Just like the, or, or if, maybe she's not stupid. Maybe she's just ignorant. And if she's not stupid nor ignorant, then she's a Marxist because she's using the terminology of the Marxists. And so is Fox News, by the way. Migrants. They're not migrants. They are attackers. A migrant, by definition, at least the last I checked, and the way I understand migrants, and the way they used to work in California when I was a kid, they would come and they would pick grapes. They'd pick my uncle's grapes in the Fresno area, and then they'd leave. Migrant. They would go back to their homes. And they would be legal or illegal. I don't know. I, I never asked my uncle. I do know that he said if he ever saw Cesar Chavez, he would shoot him. For what it's worth. But, but a migrant comes to, in, in this case, the United States, does his or her work, and then leaves, go home. These people have no intention of going home. And the accommodations are so bad in New York that they're going to sleep on the street. Oh, boo-hoo! You're in this country illegally. How did they get to New York? They got bust. Who bust them? Well, we can narrow it down to our government or one of the so-called NGOs. Half of America, three-quarters of America doesn't know what an NGO is. It's a non-governmental organization. Still, eyes are glazed. What's a non-governmental organization? I'll tell you what a non-governmental organization is. 
is the Catholic Church, is Catholic Charities, who is one of the major sponsors of violating our sovereignty. One of the major vehicles of promoting the destruction of this country is the Catholic Church in America. It is disgusting. It is true. The bishops ought to be ashamed of themselves what they are doing to this, destroying the fatted calf, destroying the hand that feeds them. That's an NGO, ladies and gentlemen. And they're working hand in glove with the federal government right now to facilitate these invaders populating whatever states they want to populate. And don't fall into the trap of saying, oh, it's New York, let New York go down the tubes. The differences between now and, and say, 100 years ago is mobility. The ease of mobility. For these attackers, these invaders, to leave New York and go to your state and your community. You know what? We have X amount of workers in this area who habla espanol. In fact, I had to kind of speak uh, my Spanglish with one of them yesterday to try and fix my sprinklers. I assume the dude is here legally and that he's trying to yeah, make a living, but he's trying to learn English. He damn well better because we don't want him here. If you don't learn our unofficial language, which should be the official language, which is another conversation, then you ought not to live here. Period. I don't care where you're from. Russia, Venezuela, China, you need to learn our language. We don't need to learn yours. And it makes me just so miffed when I see polling place in 18,000 different languages. <laughs> if you can't read English, how can you vote? Oh, we'll print the ballots in the 18,000 different languages. No. You know why? Because I don't know that that is being replicated word for, I don't know what that says in Tagalog or in Spanish or in Japanese or Chinese, Mandarin, whatever. I don't know what it says. I'm just wondering that in China, do they print their ballots in English for me? Hell no! So why are we doing it? The answer is because we are self-destructing. And it ought to be, if you're going to vote, you need to vote in English. And if you don't know English, learn it as part of our country. Frankly, that should probably be now in the, in the United States Constitution. The framers of the Constitution never would envision the situation we're in right now. We're in dire straits. And part of it has to do with the balkanization of this country. The balkanization of this country is part of the residue of allowing illegals into this country who don't speak English and have no desire to learn English. There are parts of Miami you go into, you try and speak English, they'll laugh at you. In Miami, they expect you to habla espanol. Are you kidding me? Is this America? We are allowing this country to be split apart. That's balkanizing. Okay? That's what illegal immigration does. It's destroying the very fabric of this country. Just remember, please, take back your nomenclature, especially on this issue. They are not 
migrants. By definition, they're not migrants. They are illegals by definition. And by definition and by law, they need to be removed from our country, but it's not happening. By the millions, it's not happening. We lose this country, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end game here. If we don't address this and we don't fix it now, we lose this country. And in the process, we get sick. There's a report out of the Washington Times, I believe, about Department of Homeland Security, whatever, agency, HHS, or in conjunction with Department of Homeland Security, releasing 2,500 illegal children who have active or non-active, they have whatever variety of tuberculosis, TB. Now, in this country, which is not a third world country yet, but we're on our way if this keeps up, in this country, it was in the 80s and the 90s, TB was eradicated. I mean, effectively wiped out. Guess what? It's back. How did it get back? These kids, these adults, how many of the illegals have, how many of the total population of illegals have tuberculosis, both children and adults? Can you tell me? How many women have TB? How many men have TB? How many teenagers have TB? How many working age illegals have TB? How many old illegals have TB? We don't know because they're illegal. This is the madness of the situation in which we're living in. Yet our government knows X amount of these kids that they release, 2,500 out of, it's about one in 50, they, they estimate. Again, it's all estimate. And I'll get into those estimates in just a second. Have TB. So what happens when those kids, of course, go to our public schools and mingle with American kids? Well, they spread TB. <laughs> They've released these 2,500 kids in 44 states. Now, compare this to legal immigrants. When you emigrate here to this country, say you're coming from Venezuela, or from Vietnam, or China, or wherever, France, you go through a process. Of course, there's paperwork, but there's also a physical exam. There's a medical exam. And if you have TB or anything else that's communicable like that, you are not allowed in this country. Yet, our federal government knows that these humans, these illegals, have TB, and they say, off you go into 44 different states. Now, I went to a state university. It takes me a little bit of time to do the math. 44 states out of 50, that's a large percent. That's 88%. <laughs> Only six states didn't get an infected kid. Oh, you lucky six states. Don't worry. There'll be more coming at you because it's an endless flow at the border right now. And if that doesn't make you mad enough, you live in Massachusetts and you tell me, I talked to some people from Boston, well, you know, Massachusetts is a, it's kind of a, a purple state. We know we have a, a republic. You don't have a republic in anything in Massachusetts. You're kidding yourself. They are rhinos. Look at Mitt Romney. You are a blue, deep blue state. And you know it. 
And so Massachusetts wants to allow illegals to vote. What, Graham? That's correct. Massachusetts is working overtime to see to it that there's a law passed, may have already passed for all I know, that illegals can vote. People who have violated our sovereignty, who are not American citizens, who didn't fight in a war overseas, who didn't take Iwo Jima, who didn't survive the Battle of the Bulge, who didn't fight in Vietnam, who didn't sacrifice, are given our precious franchise, our precious right to vote in Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Connecticut on the same glide path. Of course, they're all blue states. They're just following in the footsteps of California, don't you know? And when you talk about how many illegals are in the United States, it's measured not in the thousands, not in the tens of thousands, not in the hundreds of, it's measured in the millions and in the tens of millions. Don't be fooled. You have these official estimates that say, oh, well, maybe there's about oh, nine, uh, it kind of fluctuates, uh, nine or 10 million uh, illegals at a given time. It kind of depends on what's going on. Baloney. Baloney. There's probably a, a, a low estimate in California alone would be about four million. Remember, California has a big population of about 35 million people. It's roughly 10% of the U.S. population, typically. And so, that would put about 10% of the population of California, more or less, illegals. At least, that is a conservative estimate. And it makes sense. California has been welcoming illegals for decades now, officially and unofficially. And so, er, during the uh, Biden administration, during the current occupant of the Oval Office time, we estimate somewhere around 2 million illegals accounted for. That's the ones that have been accounted for. What about the ones that aren't accounted for? What about the ones that the Border Patrol didn't engage? So easily, easily in this country, we have a big problem that maybe somewhere close to 10% of our population is illegal, coming here illegally, violating our sovereignty, taking our tax dollars, free this, free phone, free housing, free food, free money, free health care, and not necessarily returning it back into our system. Remember how many dollars flow back south from here, from illegals and legals. We'll, we'll hold our nose for the legals and say, okay, fine. At least they're legal and they're paying taxes and they're above board, they have a social security number, whatever. But it's the illegals who are under the radar and these employers, shame on these employers who knowingly hire these illegals. And in many states there are laws against hiring illegals and at the federal level there's a, there's a law against hiring illegals and I hope you're rooted out, you employers, and you're, you're put in jail because you are facilitating a crime, a crime against humanity. And the humanity is us, the American people. 30 million, I would guess, 30 million illegals, at least, in this country. That's a large, a large number. And I am, frankly, sick of this. Because for basically my entire adult life, we have been dealing with a wide open southern border and illegals attacking it constantly. 
When I went to college at San Diego State, before I graduated, I started working at the CBS affiliate Channel 8 in San Diego. And the, the constant drip of stories from the border was always great news for the newscast. It was fodder. Horrible news for the community of San Diego and Los Angeles, for that matter. But it was always a constant, steady flow of news in the newscast. And back then, in the 80s, it was about load vans and load houses. And they would, uh, they would often drive down the freeways loaded with illegals, you know, in a van or a truck or whatever. Eight, ten people, twenty people jammed in there. And they would drive down, they would drive westbound in the eastbound lanes on, a, on the freeway called Interstate 8. And they would turn off their headlights and they would drive westbound in the eastbound lanes. Mm -hmm. Even back then, it was a horrific crime on humanity. And you know how that resulted. It resulted in massive loss of lives, of innocent Americans just driving eastbound like a normal human being on that freeway, I-8, and crash. It's over. And of course, you know, the media even back then was sympathetic to the illegals strewn all over the freeway. The hell with them. The hell with them. They made a conscious decision to violate our sovereignty. And, and it doesn't stop, does it? This was in the 80s I'm talking about. Now you fast forward to New York in the, in the year 2023 and they're still sympathetic. These poor illegals. The conditions are so bad that we're giving to them for free after the free bus fare and the free cell phone and the free money and the free health care and the free food. The conditions are so bad giving them free that they're going to sleep on the street. All the humanity. What a horrible country we are. So what's the solution? Well, short term, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Vote for Donald Trump, period. Why Trump? Because he is going to do what Eisenhower did in 1954, Operation Wetback, and he's going to try and actually eradicate this country of the illegals. I don't know these days how you do it with all the so-called sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, but God bless him for talking about it and wanting to try. And Operation Wetback worked. They estimate over a million people were kicked out of here, swept down from the north, went toward the south, Self-deportation happened by the tens, maybe hundreds of thousands, and they were gone. Not all of them, but it worked. Operation Wetback worked. Look it up. 1954, Eisenhower. He, uh, he put a general by the name of Swift in charge of that operation, and, uh, and it worked. That's the short-term solution. The problem is, what if Donald Trump doesn't win? What if... Um, Donald Trump does win, and he does this good, and then you get another Barack Hussein Obama in the White House for eight years. Then we're back to square one, aren't we? What is the permanent solution? Is it just a wall? That is an element. There's no doubt about it. But long term, there, in my mind, after living this and living at the border for most of my adult life, there's only one solution and one solution only. And it is militarize the border militarize it. I mean, put in your mind East and West Germany, East and West Berlin. I'm talking a wall with razor wire and guards, spotlights, the whole nine yards. You want to put alligators and sharks? <laughs> well, sharks won't work in the Rio Grande, but alligators might. 
Um, go for it. You know, what Abbott's doing, I've, I've criticized Abbott about, you know, sending the illegals on a bus or an airplane to other states because that's exactly what they want. But I will, I will, in this case, you know, he's putting up that barrier in the Rio and it's, you know, it's fine. It's a solution. It's a temporary solution. Razor wire and the barrels and all that. Hey, you know what? I, I know what's happening, though. They're just going to go around it. I, I know that's how this thing works. I've seen it for decades now. It disgusts me. So long-term solution is militarize the border. And you want to put landmines? Here's, here's the thing. Now, of course, the liberals are going to scream about this. So that's inhumane. Landmines. You can't do that. <laughs> you really? We can't do that? You want to bet? Word gets out that you cannot penetrate our border. It's over. The word out there now on the street of Venezuela and Honduras and El Salvador and Mexico and wherever else, China, Middle East, is we have a porous, permeable border. We have worse than that. We have a neon sign that says, welcome to America, violate our sovereignty, come on in. The word is out. You violate our sovereignty, you will not be prosecuted. You will, odds are 90% chance you won't be kicked out. Claim asylum. Oh, my life is so hard in my country. It's so Okay, come on in. You want to claim asylum? I mean, this is ridiculous. We have a process for claiming asylum. Get in line like everybody else, like my great-grandparents did. They weren't claiming asylum, but they emigrated here illegally. Ellis Island, I looked it up. Militarize the border. Who, clearly Congress and the president combined, which is what we have right now, taking care of the border, they're not doing their jobs. Clearly, for decades now, okay? And again, we have a temporary solution. Donald Trump gets in there, he puts up the wall up, then you know the next president comes and tears it down. This is a joke. So we take it out of the hands of the Congress and the president and the executive office, and we put it in somebody else's hands. Now, I have an idea on my website, GrahamLedger.com, if you go to amendments, um, proposed amendments. That I, these are just mine. This is my favorite list. It doesn't mean that this is the only list that you can come up with or anybody else. There's a lot of people smarter than I. But this is a starter set. So you go to GrahamLedger.com and you uh, click on um, amendments. <laughs> amendments. And um, these are the, this is part of an amendment campaign. I have, think I have 10 up there. And one of them is, what do you do with the border? Well, you know, my suggestion is we, we form a tribunal. We militarize the border. Therefore, we're giving it to the control of the army. And the Camaradas Act, the, the, the Posse Camaradas, forget it. If, if we can pass a constitutional amendment, it'll supersede, it'll, it'll destroy the Posse Camaradas, okay? Which the Posse Camaradas basically says you can't use U.S. troops or you're restricted from using U.S. troops on U.S. soil. Screw it! We're under attack! So that would be automatically repealed. No, we want to militarize the border. We want to put the U.S. Army in control of it, along with 
there's got to be a citizens panel of some kind. And the closest to the, the citizens are the states. So how about we set up a tribunal between the army, equal, equal votes, by the way, the army and the state legislatures and or the governors of the border states. So think California, yeah, California, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas. Those states affected by the southern border, those legislatures and or the governors, and we want to have an element of, of, of our representation in D.C., so we'll have it, uh, the, the United States Senate have a say. The, this tribunal has got to come to some sort of commonality in governing our border once we militarize it, but it is the army that would have de facto control down there because that's what we need. We need a shoot-to-kill mentality. Whoa! Graham, you can't say... Are you abdicating? Are you, are you advancing a, a, a violence? No. I'm protecting our sovereign border. And if the word is out that we have the army down there with loaded guns, guess what? Problem solved. All right, so... GrahamLedger.com, Article 5, a state's convention is the only way, ladies and gentlemen. And on GrahamLedger.com, I have a whole load of information of how you can help if you want to volunteer, you want to uh, donate, you want to learn. You got ideas for amendments? You can email me. I'm, I'm open. I am not the genius here. I'm just trying to facilitate a permanent change in the way we do business in this country. And one of the ways, among many is to permanently secure our southern border. And frankly, we probably need to do our northern border as well. Because as soon as we seal that one off, there's going to be more activity in the north. Fine. We can handle it. If we can set up Obamacare and a ridiculously insane web of doctors and healthcare professionals on a website that doesn't work, and take over, what was it, one-fifth of the U.S. economy? I think that we can handle securing our borders using the United States Army, don't you? I do. And by the way, if you don't want it to be the Army, you know, we could do the Marines, and you know, possibly you could look at the Air Force. Air Force doesn't get enough play. You know, maybe we should have the Air Force do it. And we could facilitate more aerial patrols, too, and, um, and use the Ospreys down there. If the, I don't know if the Air Force has Ospreys. I know the Marines do. All right, so GrahamLedger.com is your facilitator for this. There's no other way. How are we going to get this permanently secured, ladies and gentlemen? You tell me. You people who say, oh, you can't do Article 5. What's your solution to the border? Tell me. GrahamLedger411 at Gmail. Tell me how you're going to do it permanently. Within the confines of the United States Constitution and within the confines of our system right now. Tell me how you're going to do it. I'm all ears. Just please stop calling them migrants. They are illegal invaders is what they are. And I think you ought to think about supporting me on militarizing the border. I'm Graham Ledger. Don't forget GrahamLedger.com. And remember, evil can only prevail when good is silent.